Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding here on the Athletic NBA Show. I'm Jared Weiss. Mark Schindler, we are about to talk about one of the all-time great performances by one of the all-time great players, Lonnie Walker. Yeah, dude, this was uh, this was a blast to watch. Um, I remember thinking to myself multiple times throughout the year, man, where's Lonnie Walker? Is he going to get to play? He got phased out of the rotation after the trade deadline. Well, he saved all of that for now with 15 fourth quarter points. That was insane, man. Uh, they're just running him off screens. He's going flying into 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 jumpers off pin downs. Like this was this was sick to watch. Yeah, so we we got to go to the very end and then work our way back towards Lonnie. This starts with the Steph Curry. We'll call it decision before we go into blunder. But they only need one. They only need one. They're down two. They just need one point to tie it up. And Steph goes for a three. It's Steph. Draymond Green gets the rebound over Dennis Schroeder. He's right in front of the rim. It's a very short floater. I think most bigs in the NBA would take that shot. He never even looks that direction. He is immediately looking to pass it out, gets it back to Steph. Steph has Anthony Davis like 35 feet from the hoop, plenty of time left on the shot clock. I think he had nine seconds left on the shot clock, and he goes for the step back with just an insane arc to it, and he bricks it. What did you think of that decision? Uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was certainly tough, but I also thought it was indicative of just where their offense was tonight. Um, not even that their offense was terrible. There's just nobody was hitting anything. Um, I tweeted this out. I was like, it felt like they were shooting flintlock muskets at each other. Like it, it's like watching a line battle from the civil war. It was insane. <laughs> um, so I think with that, it was tough, but even then I think it was more so just, I, I was impressed with the defense. By which team? By the Lakers. Okay. Both of them were interesting. Well, Did both of them in the game. I think that in that possession, I mean, like I, I didn't oh, sure. really okay. get no shot of keeping Steph in front. Because I think you said in the chat that you thought the Lakers defense was the score was deceptive in representing the Lakers defense. It kind of was ass for a lot of this game. Yeah. Um, I probably I don't know if I would quite use ass, but I think with uh, with a, AD's AD's defense was was awesome. Like I thought he was really good as a deterrent, but they could not stop anything out of a ball screen like they the the Warriors just lived getting in the paint I mean that's part of you look at what Steph had tonight um like yes he struggled from three but he was really good with his floater he had a couple of just wild bank shots off of a push shot while he's like falling forward um but he had 14 assists tonight, and so much of that is because of the way that he's getting downhill he could have had 20 with how many shots the Warriors missed and it's obviously not as simple as just like you know, make or miss league. I hate saying that, but like I, I felt to me there, 
the score could have easily been in like the 110s, 120s. Like we're we're talking about a game that was not this was not the the 2003-2004 Eastern Conference Finals by any means. What was interesting was the Warriors seemed to go away from that pick and roll that was working so well. And then at the very end, Steph gets the huge bucket before the last play where he gets AD in pick and roll and drives and hits that nice finger roll. Like, why do you think they went away from that when it was working? Um, Again, I think it was like the defense did in crunch time, I thought was better. They picked up their intensity a little bit because part of the issue for the Lakers was like their transition defense was like all over the place. Um, so I thought that bit them a lot, um, especially in the third quarter and a little bit into the early fourth. And they kind of got their shit together towards the end. And I thought that was really key for them. All right. So uh, Lonnie Walker, you know, we were used to random heroes popping up throughout the playoff run. But did you ever see Lonnie Walker coming, especially considering Malik Beasley is sitting there getting a DNP? He's this is the kind of guy you could expect to see that kind of night out of him. But it's Lonnie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting, man, because like he's always been capable of doing this microwave scoring shit. Uh, except I'm just not used to seeing 15 points and uh, you know occurring like that in a fourth quarter. Um, I, I think in terms of them going to him, I liked that we started to see that in last game. They went to him for a little bit. Um, I think it was a natural decision, especially seeing how some of these options have played out. Like Troy Brown was really rough in the Grizzlies series and in the minutes he got early on. D'Lo just did not have it tonight, and he was getting cooked defensively. Um, they needed something. They needed somebody who wasn't 6'1 and Dennis Schroeder, and Lonnie Walker was the answer. Well, Dennis Schroeder at least kind of got them back into the game in the third quarter because it looked like the Warriors were running away from it with it, and Dennis started to kind of get that Lakers offense, and really the defense revived late in the third quarter. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't a slight to Dennis at all. I meant more like they needed somebody who could do something off the bench because this has not been Rui's series. Like the Warriors are playing too fast. They're moving too fast. He can't hang and he's not doing enough offensively to be able to stick in this. So getting somebody who can play as the seventh man has been massive for them. Because like you mentioned, Dennis has been he's been a revelation to watch defensively. Like he's he's been capable of doing this since his first run with the Lakers Um, and seeing him do it again has been really fun as well. Yeah, Dennis Schroeder was a good defender, I felt like, for a lot of his career and then just decided to stop for like three years. And now I guess he's back at the playoffs, so he's going for it. Uh, we haven't really talked about Anthony Davis yet. Like this was what was this multiple games in a row where Anthony Davis was good? Am I are my eyes deceiving me? Uh, your eyes are not deceiving you. AD has been the best player for the Lakers in this series. Like that's I think that goes without saying. He's been tremendous. Defensively, I thought he had another good game offensively tonight. It's, I think what's tough is, and I, I, I want to, I don't want to mince my words. I know I got to be shorter with them, but th- this has been a really rough series from LeBron. Um, and that's, this is not just to, to, to shit on the Lakers. They're up 3-1, but I, I genuinely am a little bit unsure of what this is going to look like moving forward um, because he, his touch is not there. It hasn't been in the entire playoffs, and that's on the jumper. That's on anything driving downhill. Um, He's not generating the same kind of lift, so he's not getting the free throw line at the same level. Some of the decision-making on on his jumper has just not been great either. And um, Defensively, I thought he was a little bit rough tonight too. Like He's just not moving right, and I wonder if it's really the foot bothering him. Um, It's been kind of tough to watch, man. Yeah, I agree that LeBron is washed. Uh, you know, Ryan guy here is making a good point that it's really down to AD, right? 
Like LeBron will do. Maybe I assume LeBron is going to step up at some point in the series and really put a stamp on the game. I mean, the series might only last one more game, so it, it might be coming right away. Maybe that happens in the conference finals. But this team is going to go as far as AD allows them to go because we saw last game his defense completely destroyed the Warriors. I mean, it was unbelievable. And then in this game, his rebounding was so crucial. His ability to finish over everybody was so important. Uh, yeah, Draymond, I felt like, was kind of an afterthought in this game, besides that beautiful behind-the-back scoop layup where I'm like, why? He, Draymond looks like he's about to lose the ball when he dribbles every single time. Then all of a sudden, he looks like Magic Johnson. Like, where did that even come from? But you know, it's this is AD's team right now. You know, Obviously, that can change, but this team really depends. It really goes as far as AD takes them. Yeah, uh, most definitely. I think he raises the floor for them. Uh, and so simultaneously is the most important floor raiser and the ultimate ceiling raiser for them, because if they're not getting his highest level, that really caps what they can do, as we've seen in past years. Um, what did you think of the fact that Jamichael Green played two minutes tonight after what he did the other night? I mean, I assume that Steve Kerr is tanking the series. Um, I mean, either... <sighs> I mean, Gary Payton only played 23 minutes, so I thought this was going to be like, oh, we're going to just get a ton of Payton out there, and we're going to go small. We're going to rely on Wiggins to really crash the glass. But I didn't really notice much of Payton later in this game after he got a bunch of points early on, and it just felt like the Warriors just needed a little bit more presence above the rim to handle AD when he was attacking the rack. And so I would have loved to at least see Green out there, at least see somebody that was spacing the floor well because they shot... 12 for 41 from deep. And like, that's what kind of killed them. You know, the Lakers, they did their thing six or 25 from deep. The Warriors are chucking up a ton of shots. They really needed green out there to actually come through for them. And he went out there. He took two in two minutes and Kerr just abandoned it. And I was, I thought they could have used more for sure. Yeah, it was weird. Cause obviously like he, he was not great in the last game to be fair. Nobody really was, uh, and I think with what they got out of him from game three, I just was, it, it was interesting to see them go away from it. But um, I will be curious to see how the Warriors try and counter moving forward. Because obviously, believe it, you know, backs against the wall. Also, we didn't even mention Jordan Poole, 10 minutes played tonight after getting benched. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, listen, man, Poole's been terrible. You know, as White Plain says, where's our wash? Clay sold. I don't know what that means, but I think he's right. Or they're right. Uh, Poole's just been terrible in this series it's been <laughs> I, I forget was it on the broadcast or was it on twitter i saw somewhere tonight someone was like this contract is looking disastrous and at some point he will obviously be able to make it worthwhile because you know he'll develop more they'll have more of a need for what he brings to the table but right now he in this series has just not been able to create like a reason like a, a decent looking shot consistently he just looks out of control out there. He looks like Tyrese Maxey without the defensive impacts. I mean, it's been it's been so disappointing. Yeah, uh, it's it's been very rough from him. And if they're gonna get what they can, what they what makes their offense the most potent, they need Poole to be doing what he's he's capable of. And he's really only been able to do that for about one game in this postseason. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Did you know that even if you have a 401k for retirement, you can still have an IRA? Robinhood has the only IRA that gives you a 3% boost on every dollar you contribute when you subscribe to Robinhood Gold. But get this, now through April 30th, Robinhood is even boosting every single dollar you transfer in from another retirement account with a 3% match. That's right, no cap on the 3% match. Robinhood Gold gets you the most for your retirement thanks to their IRA with a 3% match this offer is good through April 30th. Get started at Robinhood.com slash boost. Subscription fees apply. And now for some legal info. Claim as of Q1 2024 validated by Radius Global Market Research. Investing involves risk including loss. Limitations apply to IRAs and 401ks. 3% match requires Robinhood Gold for one year from the date of first 3% match. Must keep Robinhood IRA for five years. The 3% matching on transfers is subject to special terms and conditions. Robinhood IRA available to U.S. customers in good standing. Robinhood Financial LLC member SIPC is a registered broker. Dealer. All right, we got to head over to the other side where the Miami Heat beat the Knicks 109-101. Another 3-1 series uh, upset right now. Uh, holy crap, Jimmy Butler, is he the greatest player of all time or is he the greatest disc player of all time? <laughs> uh, he might be the greatest player of all time. Uh, he is just at, like, no shit goes without saying. He's at another level in the playoffs. Just... Has he been the best player in the postseason? Yes. I yes. think, yeah, I think it's him or Devin Booker, probably. Yeah, him, him, Book and Steph, and I think it's it would probably it would probably be Butler for me. He's been unreal, man. You know, he gets offended at the whole idea of playoff Jimmy. I don't know why. Like we deify the guys that play better in the playoffs. We should like he should be proud of that. It's not a disrespect. Like, come on, let, let's be real. He paces himself during the regular season. He tends to get a little banged up. Then he gets to the playoffs. He breaks or tears something. And for some reason, his body goes, let's just give you all the adrenaline imaginable. I assume his liver is going to crap out and like you know, when he's like 46 years old because of all the adrenaline that he's fed into his I system. But like, <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. But uh, he just, his athleticism gets better. His balance in the air gets better his touch gets better from like everywhere inside of 20 feet he just gets to like in the playoffs guys can't get to their spots usually that's what's so hard jimmy butler gets to the spot where he hops into a shot and he shoots it like it's a layup every single time over and over again yeah his touch is nutty especially considering how rough well not even rough just like he's not really a jump shooter from outside like obviously he'll take the long pull-ups uh pull-up twos but like yeah his his ability to just put the ball in the bucket exactly like you mentioned like with his, his air time the way he gets up is is impressive um i thought too uh bam was was awesome tonight this was maybe hit, ah, i don't want to be too superlative but i think this was close to his best game in the playoffs especially in a playoffs where like i think his defensive impact's been felt throughout but in games where they've really needed him to step up offensively. I don't know if he's quite been there. Um, this game was the game for him. Like, Mitchell Robinson has, at points, been Ooh. the Knicks' best player in the playoffs, especially in the Cavs series, for large stretches. And Bam, uh, to Bam, along with the rest of the role players, like, nullified that. Like, they scripted such a good job of – they, like – I think one of the things that's tough with Bam, with how often he plays out on the elbows and as a DHO operator, 
not every team is going to send their 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 five out to guard him uh, on on that and, and try and guard some of the actions, or they'll try and find other ways to negate some of the shooting. But they did such a good job of like continually moving shooters, uh, using off ball players as screeners on Mitch just to to get him off balance, get him out a little bit farther, um, try and keep him as far away from the paint as possible, and that led to them just demolishing the Knicks on the glass. It felt way worse than it even was. I mean, it was 44 to 35 on the glass, but it felt like when you consider the size disparity, like it felt even more demonstrable than that. Um, and then Bam was just awesome at getting into Mitch and, and not letting him have any opportunities to load up and just be straight up and down. Uh, Robinson was awful at the end of this game. I mean, that that it really, it, it's really what killed New York was just, just out of position on a lot of those pivot rotations where he honestly was in the area just was missing all the actions happening behind him. And then what's sad is he got a big offensive rebound at the end. And then he just like fumbled the ball away right away. And that was like, what really killed him. That was their last chance really. So yeah, Robinson, it was, whew, it was rough. Uh, Jalen Brunson. He, he had a really good game. He had 32 points and 11 dimes. So that was great. RJ Barrett had some big moments attacking in transition, hitting some big shots. He went three for five. The Julius Randle, I don't know how to judge this one because he went eight for 13. He fouls out. He has six turnovers of three assists. It was just like it was kind of like the ultimate Julius Randle game where like he was able to bully his way to a bunch of buckets, but he just had so many mistakes. It just really killed the team. Yeah, it was it was a rough game to watch from him. Like he hit some shots early where like, oh, this is one of those games from him. And then it'll be like, oh, it's one of those games from him where, I, like, he's – I don't want to get, like, too, you know, thinking about what's in his head or whatever. But, like, there are moments where he plays with this frenetic, absurd energy. And then he'll have, like, a 10 or 12 possession stretch where he just plays with complete lethargy. And, like, they started hedging uh, in the second half to try and deter some of the the the, uh, the dribble penetration that the Heat were getting. And like he'd he'd go out and he'd hedge hard as hell, and then he'd like walk back uh, to his man, and they got killed for it on on backline rotations because he just wasn't there. And like on one hand, sure, like yes, he he played a lot of minutes, and he was hobbled earlier in the playoffs, but also like we've seen him do it. It's just weird. Um, I don't really know what to make of it. Yeah, it's called show and recover, and uh, the the last part's as important as the first part. Uh, we, we're running out of time here, just. We got both of these series at 3-1. How do you see this playing out? Uh, I have the Heat taking this in five. I do not see the Knicks. Like, I, I think this was the best punch that we were getting back from them, to be honest. Um, as much as I've loved watching this Knicks team, I just don't see it happening now. Um, with the Warriors, I think this goes six. I think that I would pick the Lakers, especially after how tonight went. Like, Just really, as we know, pretty damn hard to come back from 3-1. So that's where I'd be at right now. I'm going to go Lakers in seven. I'm just feeling feeling something in my loins about them getting that closeout in Chase Center, LeBron carrying them. But I do see uh, I, I see Steph catching some fire here. And I don't know who's going to step up, whether it's going to be Wiggins or Clay, but someone's going to have to find that rhythm. And, you know, Clay was just kind of messy finding his shots late in this game. And he had some big misses. But I just kind of I count on the Warriors to be able to figure something out. Uh, but also... LeBron could play better. And if that happens, yeah, it could end in five. And then, yeah, I agree. Miami in five. Uh, unless unless Jimmy runs out of gas in game five, which obviously that can happen at any point, And then that obviously makes Miami vulnerable. I, I think you're right. So we're going to have to wrap it up here. 
for our producer, Andrew Schlecht, and Mark Schindler, Jared Weiss, and we'll see you tomorrow on The Ding. Ding, ding, y'all. Hey, baseball fans, this is Derek Van Riper. Now that spring training games are underway, opening day is just a few weeks away. Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on Rates and Barrels. Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.